got lots of lying. I got lots of lying going. That's my air conditioner. Air conditioner? Okay. I, just, I just turned it off. I just figured I'd keep it running until we got started. Fair I don't need it too much. It's just my computer generates heat, heat. in my office, so it's like okay. my office is like constantly the warmest room in the well. When yeah, without the air conditioner, you. without the air conditioner running, it's the warmest room in the house. Hey man, I, I'm running a modern <laughs> Intel rig, so like you want to talk about heat generating? Like <laughs> these new chips are still running hot, like very hot, regardless of like cooling. Either way, yeah. Well, my new monitor actually puts out more heat than my my old uh, older one too does. There's a lot of processing going on on a 4K display, so yeah, they put out some heat. That makes sense. But all right, well, oh, Gordon's on Alicia's cam. We can go ahead and get started then. So uh, welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance, our 214th episode. This is our weekly podcast where we discuss sort of all things nerdy from a decidedly not safe for work point of view. I am Tim, coming to you from Toronto, Ontario. I'm going to be hosting this week. Uh, with me, as always, is Mark. What's going on, everybody? And with us this week, we have uh, my wife, Alicia, from the next room. Uh, yeah, hi everyone. <laughs> so, as uh, you know, anybody that's listened to last week's episode knows, Paul has kind of stepped back from full time hosting duties as he's got some other sort of professional commitments and professional development. You know, it's trying to better himself. Like, who the fuck does that? In this day and age, what's the point? But, like, <laughs> fair enough, I guess. The world, world's not going to be around long enough to fucking. Yeah, man. <laughs> for that to matter. Just smoke till it's fucking over, I guess. Yeah. So Mark and I have kind of come to the conclusion that we're going to try and do sort of a rotating third seat. So Alicia's with us this week. You might hear some other familiar voices in the coming weeks. There's also going to be some episodes where it's just Mark and I shooting the shit about stuff that nobody else gives a fuck about except us. Yeah. Hopefully some of you. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, there's like, I mean, we got Doom Patrol reviews to do and shit. So this we got true. stuff to cover. We, we should got, definitely got do comics to read. And yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Tons of stuff. So yeah so this kind of going to be you know our, our new sort of experiment and see how things go and hopefully we'll kind of settle into into a new groove here but please do bear with us as as we transition a little bit and try out some new shit so f- let's start off with heavy news week in more ways than one really heavy piece of news that just came like last night as we're recording this chadwick boseman of black panther passed away of colon cancer at the age of 43 it's a big bummer. Just like a giant fuck you 2020 bummer. So. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's fucked up because like he's apparently diagnosed like four years ago. And if you do the math on that, it means that basically almost Civil the entire, his entire Marvel run. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically, you know, he might not have been uh, diagnosed when he was filming Civil War, but like he was probably like undergoing treatment during Black Panther definitely yep. during infinity war filming definitely during Endgame filming Endgame, yeah and uh yeah i mean nobody knew about this except like his immediate family so for everybody it just fucking like came out of nowhere so yeah big big fucking loss i mean obviously we have no idea what that's gonna mean for the future of the mcu but like really at least of anybody's concern yeah, I'm, not, I'm not super concerned about it right now like yeah. we'll, i'm sure we'll, we'll get there eventually i'm sure but like for now it's just like sucks so yeah, I liked him as Black Panther, like, and obviously he had a huge effect on a lot of people. So well, that's that's the thing for me that's like so shitty about this is like over the past few years he's been such a pivotal black culture figure. Yeah, both himself and that character, like in his his portrayal of Black Panther, 
you know, it kind of became this unified black culture that like everybody that has any sort of black heritage could get behind kind of thing, which is something that I think we talked about when we, back when we reviewed black Panther is something that just doesn't exist in our world, unfortunately for a number of shitty reasons. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's real rough and rest in power. King T'Challa moving on from that and other Marvel news, new mutants finally came out only in theaters. Yeah. Dumb. So, yeah. so none of us have fucking seen it. Yeah, I'm not going to the theater to see that. Like, <laughs> especially from the reviews, which yeah. look bad. So middling to bad. Yeah, like, yeah. and whenever they're middling, it usually just means they don't want to not get invited to Disney functions going <laughs> forward. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we've we've talked for years at this point about how like fucking plagued this movie has been. Yeah, uh, you know, between the Fox and Disney merger and and all that shit, and uh, apparently they never actually did reshoots. There's like in-depth production interviews now that say like, yeah, we never did reshoots. You know, there, there, there's been different, you know, versions of the movie for sure, but it was all from the original footage. There's a lot of stories coming out now about like what happened behind the scenes and stuff. And it yeah. sounds like it was a fucking disaster. So I'm sure we'll get all the details in the next couple of weeks because that's just how this shit works now is especially this. Like now the movie's out. Nobody has anything they can hide about it anymore. It's like it's just out there. So everybody who's got a story, like you're going to hear Maisie Williams bitch about this movie probably in the next couple of weeks because everybody think... at this point, like everybody's just ragging on it already. So yeah, they did do like some like virtual press junkets and stuff like that. And I watched one of them and like the cast and everything seemed to all get along pretty well as well as the director. Yeah. So like it sounds like they had pretty good chemistry. I just don't know if how much of that translates to the fucking movie considering the shitty fucking time they actually had getting it produced. I, if they would just put the fucking thing on VOD, I would have watched it already. Like if, they, if it had come out, I'd just have watched it just out of morbid curiosity. I would have gave them a $20, like give them them $20 to fucking see it even. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to the theater. I mean, it'll be on VOD in a couple weeks. It's going to like just bomb out now. Yeah. Right. Like nobody's in the, going to the fucking like movie nobody's right going to the fucking movies. Like I, the, the, the theater in St. Catharines is open. I found out and like they're playing tenant and I was like, I'm still not going to the fucking movies now. So yeah. Yeah. That's the other one that, that came out this week was tenant. And uh, yeah. is, that one's getting pretty solid reviews though. Yeah. I'll see it eventually for sure. I just like, I refuse to go to a movie theater right now. So like, yeah, tenant, especially like new mutants. I can probably do without seeing on a big screen, although it'd probably be cooler on a big screen, but like, Tenet, I definitely hope that at some point, you know, once everybody's fucking COVID vaccinated and everything, that they'll uh, re-release in theaters for, you know, a couple of weeks or something. For sure. Let's see. DC Fandom happened last weekend, uh, which was this big online DC, like, event kind of thing. Like, basically a, a way for them to drop all of their, like, major news and in-development stuff and everything since no cons are happening this year. So... Alicia's still here, just for everybody that knows. She just doesn't give a shit about any of this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, I think the biggest thing that came out of DC Fandom was we unexpectedly got a teaser slash trailer, like a two-minute teaser, basically, for Matt Reeves' The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson as Batman. And apparently, Colin Farrell. Apparently, Colin Farrell looking 100% fucking yeah. unrecognizable as the Penguin or all, uh, Oswald Cobblepot. Jeffrey Wright didn't even know that was him in the trailer, apparently. Oh, really? Like, yeah, there was something I think I saw it on Twitter where like Jeffrey Wright was like, holy shit, he was in that? That's awesome. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that was him. So, 
Yeah, everybody's like, it, for anybody that's seen the trailer and doesn't realize it, it's the he's the fat dude that looks like Richard Kind. Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> like blew me away. So I was like, like, all right, cool. Why don't you just get Richard Kind? I mean, yeah. also, this is also a question that could be <laughs> asked, but 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 like I I was pretty happy with the trailer. Like, it's definitely it's still a pretty like grim, dark kind of tone, but you know, it's been talked about as a very grounded version of batman so like how are you gonna do that and fucking i mean if it if if, <laughs> if batman forever and batman and robin has taught me anything it's that like i'll happily take darker versions of batman yeah than, like, well, like anything borderline schumacher yeah for sure like after watching batman and robin last week this trailer was like a nice little bomb <laughs> considering batman punches a guy in the face like nine times in the middle of the trailer i was like and then says right. i'm vengeance yeah i'm like i could get behind this batman after what i just watched so yeah maybe my particular reaction to it right now is more just like oh those schumacher movies thank god we're done with those and they were awful yeah and this new one i mean it looks good i'm on board so and the cool thing is like the reason that nobody really expected a trailer or anything is because they've only filmed about like a quarter of this movie before yeah covid hit so this is just put together with what they'd already filmed um, yeah. And still, they were able to put together like a pretty compelling little teaser here. So I am a little concerned. It feels a little overstuffed. Like there's a lot of shit going on in just the trailer already. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a lot for a movie there. But we'll see how it gets handled, I guess, when the movie comes out. Yeah, I like the aesthetic they're going for, though, where it is like, you know, not like Batman with all the fancy gadgets and shit like that. Like it feels yeah. like kind of cobbled together like early Batman. Like, I mean, we already saw the Batmobile and stuff for it, but we got to see it in action and shit here. Yeah. It's like just like a souped up fucking Corvette or some shit. Yeah, it looks I mean, it looks badass. So I'm on board. Like, I'm just like, it's Batman. I'm all going to go see this shit on times. Yeah. So like. Yeah. If Twitter can be believed, he, like Batman is just fighting crime with the power of MCR, though. Like everyone's yes. just talking about yeah. how he's emo Batman. Emo he's Batman. emo Batman. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a lot of those. Absolutely, yeah. and like I'll be yeah, the fan art is very like Kylo Ren esque. Yeah. There are going to be so Batman. many thirsty women. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see like the intersection of a Twilight fan base and a DC Comics fan base, like the movie going comic book fan base are there and still, the Twilight fan base. Are there I'm sure there's got to be fans out there. Do those still I mean, exist? Yes. There's got to be. There has to be, right? There's going to be enough that they're going to like, it could be interesting as we try to like subsume him into Batman stuff. <laughs> he's ours and, now. <laughs> yeah, he's ours now. So yeah, yeah I, I work with somebody who got so excited when Midnight Sun came out. She damn near called out of work to read it i'm pretty sure like christy's one of those people was she not i don't think she was a big twilight person this is guaranteeing that like i got her to, to say she'll be on the, the on, on an episode occasionally and like <laughs> this is the end of that just like yeah. i never wanted fucking twilight yeah it's slander how dare you accuse me of that yeah sorry i don't yeah. i don't know i just assumed yeah but i mean in that trailer we also got we see jeffrey wright as James Gordon, maybe, yep. pro- probably not Commissioner Gordon at this point. Probably did like Detective James Gordon. Paul Dano as the Riddler, as Edward Nigma, but don't actually see his face because he's wearing some fucking gimp mask uh, in this. And so, looks, I, I mean, I'm, it got me pumped for it, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm on board. So, 
Along with that, Matt Reeves also did like a good lengthy interview for DC Fandom too that, you know, had a lot of cool shit to say. Like he re-specified that it's like Batman like year two. So like not an origin movie, but like early in his career. Talked a lot about like the the influences and stuff that he's looking for, um, like shit like Chinatown and stuff like that, like very noirish, which is cool and also goes more into that like world's greatest detective kind of idea. So yeah. Yeah, it was a good interview. If you if you're interested in this movie, I definitely recommend uh, that you go. And, and it clearly shows that Reeves has a lot of passion for the character. Yes, yeah, he was pretty like energetic. Yeah. Even that, yeah. yeah, he was excited for sure. Yeah. Speaking of energetic, we also got a bunch of information about James Gunn's suicide or the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So we got a cast list uh, or a name name basically uh, all the characters that are being played, and it's. I mean, it's packed, but we knew it was packed already just based on the cast list. Idris Elba is playing Bloodsport, not Deadshot, as we previously had kind of assumed. Yeah. Pretty similar character, except Bloodsport in the comics is known to be like, at least this version of Bloodsport, the black version of Bloodsport, is known to be like a very much like Kill Whitey kind of character, which would be real interesting in today's climate. I'm fine with it. Let's do it. (laughs) I mean, if that's what they go for, then cool. Michael Rooker is playing Savant, who's like a fucking D-list character. Peter Capaldi is playing uh, the Thinker. I forgot he was in this, which I, but I'm on board for that casting. Like, <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion is playing a character called TDK. I don't actually know that one. I think um, was, was that the one that's made up for this movie. They invented a character for this movie. I think. I, I think that's be. the one. Yeah. Although to be fair, like I don't know, like the depths of. Zedless DC is probably. You <laughs> I know. mean, I don't recognize the name TDK. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, if you don't recognize funny. it, then, like, we're, we have a problem. So, <laughs> like, that must be the original character, I think. So, yeah, I don't like, know. Savant, Savant is a DC character, but, like, I hardly know him. Yeah. TDK does not sound familiar. Pete Davidson's playing a character called Blackguard, which also doesn't sound familiar to me. Uh, David Desmalkian is playing Polka Dot Man, which is fucking, like, F list. Really good casting too also. Oh yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, Daniela Melchior is playing a gender swapped version of Ratcatcher who's a Batman villain who can yeah. communicate and train rats. Yeah. Who apparently is the straight man like from the interviews they were talking about how she's like she knows what her powers are and is like I don't want to do this because all I can do is really like call rats and shit so like I'm going to yeah. die and I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I guess that's sort of, like the whole point of the character so yeah. sounds like fun. Steve Eggie is voicing uh, King Shark, who looks fucking badass in that. There's uh, so many like versions of King Shark going around now because of that Harley Quinn show. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you, they made it. Just they must be making a killing on merchandising that guy. <laughs> He's hilarious. John Cena is playing Peacemaker, which I think is a brilliant casting. Oh um, God, I'm on board for Cena in the movies now. <laughs> so let's do this. Peacemaker is a character that's like basically like peace through warfare like yeah wants to wants to like end war but is like will kill a million people to do it kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, that sounds really familiar yeah. <laughs> mailing ing is playing mong gal a female version of mongol Flulaborg is playing javelin another fucking d-list character uh sean gunn james gunn's brother is playing the is playing weasel yeah which is basically an anthropomorphic weasel yeah, this is terrifying. Yeah, so 
and there's a few more on top of that. So like, fuck this movie stuffed. I guarantee you like half of these people don't make it through the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I think you'll probably see it Alba and Margot Robbie past the first 15 minutes of this movie. And probably Michael Rooker. I don't, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe not, maybe not know. like that feels like it could be kind of cameo country. Cause he's like, it's surprising he's in there given, I mean, obviously it's because of James Gunn, but like yeah. that he's not contracted to Disney somehow to not show up in a DC movie. True. You know, but either way. Yeah. No, I'm on yeah. board. <laughs> and they also showed like a first look, not like necessarily like a trailer, but like some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Like, we got to see a lot of those characters like in their costumes and shit. And like, I like the new Harley costumes. So yeah. like it looks like very like classic but functional. So yeah, I was like that looks cool, good. Yeah, getting um, rid of the like like the hot pants and shit, getting yeah. something functional. So yeah, I liked it. <sighs> they did an interview with Zack Snyder and they showed a teaser for the Snyder cut. This is like the only thing that like it took me three days to get to this to watch it because I was just like I'm so uninterested, and then they it keep looks... adding to it. It's like hey man, we're gonna do four fucking hours of this. I'm like I don't like fuck. Fuck, you know how bad Justice League was. Like, I I know he's doing his own thing, but like, is a four hour Zack Snyder version of that movie gonna be fucking worth watching? Like, the one thing I'm like pretty interested in is getting to see Supes in that like all black suit. Yeah, I mean like regeneration suit or whatever. Like, it sounds cooler and more cohesive than what we got. Whenever that was a couple years ago, God, that was. But like. I just, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're putting a lot of hype into this. And I'm like, I think people are going to be like super fucking let down. Like yeah. he got his way on Batman v Superman. And that was a three hour <laughs> experience. Justice League wasn't also. as bad as Batman v Superman. No, but like, that's because, you know, they did the Joss Whedon cutty stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't great, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm super nervous about this. And people are just like very hyped. And I'm like, I mean, I have so little invested in it at this point that it's just like a curiosity for me. Yeah, I guess it's kind of that. But like every time they talk about it, it's like, hey, it's going to be a four hour like event. I'm like, I don't want it to be a four hour event. I barely want it to be a two hour movie anymore. Like, just give me the plot synopsis of what you're going to change before I decide if I'm going to commit two hours to this, yeah. let alone four. Like, that's three P breaks, you know, like I got <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. They talked about the Flash movie that Andy Muschietti is currently directing. We'll see if that if he actually stays around directing. Oh, and with Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, um, and they basically confirmed that this will be like do similar to what Flashpoint did in the comics and create create the DC multiverse. Good, that's um, awesome. So it means that we could have multiple Batman's at the same time. We can have like, but we also got confirmation. We I think we talked about last week that Batfleck is going to be back in it and yes so, we did yeah. yeah so yeah that's that's part of it we got a little bit i mean black adam is like nowhere near even filming yet but they did talk a little bit about uh the black adam movie uh, starring dwayne the rock johnson and that it will have hawkman it will have basically like pulled direct from the jeff johns run that we've talked up many times before Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Cyclone, who is like a younger version, like a legacy version of Red Tornado. Yeah. Those are all interesting characters. Well, we'll see. I just like, again, I have like Flash and Black Adam are two movies I have shit or get off the pot like Itis with. Like, just yeah. get these fucking movies made or like <laughs> stop talking about them. Yeah. Because like, holy shit, it's been like a decade 
that we've been talking about this Black Adam thing. It was supposed like, to come out next December, like December yeah. 2021, but yeah. we'll see if that still is feasible or not. I imagine it's probably not. Yeah, probably not going to happen. So, like, whew, just go away with it for a while now, I think. like. Yeah. But both Dr. Fate and Hawkman are interesting characters to have in there because both of those are characters that also have roots in ancient Egypt. Yeah, um, so, I mean, like, all this stuff sounds good, and it'll make for an interesting story. Just make the movie is where I'm kind of. <laughs> yeah. What else? Also related to that, Shazam 2 got its full title, which is Shazam Fury of the Gods. Again, it's like hasn't even, I don't even think started filming or anything yet either. Shouldn't Black Adam be the sequel to Shazam? Like, should that not be Shazam 2? <laughs> like, all right. Whatever. It is coming. It's, it's after Black Adam. So, okay. but we don't know actually if Shazam is going to be in Black Adam or not yet. But seems like a wasted opportunity if he's not, but like, hey, what do I know? Yeah. And they also like gave a little nod to that whole uh, Mandela effect thing with Sinbad playing Shazam, like a wizard oh, yeah. called Shazam. Yes. But which which never actually happened. So they had Shaz- or they had Sinbad come on this call and like joke that he was gonna be in the new movie, and now nobody knows if it's real or not. Nobody knows if Sinbad is going to be in the next Shazam movie. <sighs> Yeah, I've had enough 2020, I think, already. So <laughs> I don't need Sinbad and more. Sh- like, I just, I don't need Sinbad back. So, like, let's not do that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We got two big video games. I guess an- both of these were announcements. Like, there were games we knew were being developed. We just didn't kind of know. Yeah, this is like their ofis- the official announcement for both these games, which, like. Yeah, the first one is from Warner Brothers Montreal, which is Gotham Knights, which looks like a Bat Family game. Um, like Batman is sort of gone, dead, maybe, who knows? Yeah. But you get to play as like Red Hood or Robin or Batgirl or Nightwing in this game. Um, and it looks like it's you're mostly playing against uh, the Court of Owls is like the big villain in this. Yeah, the, the game had me mostly lost as to what kind of game it was. It looks like some kind of Avengers E games as service thing, maybe, or it could just be another brawler, but then the Court of Owls thing got thrown in there and I'm like, Well, I'll buy it when it's on sale, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I, unless they show me something mind blowing, I wasn't super sold on this game. The other game, the Arkham Asylum or the the Suicide Squad game, like yeah. Kills the Justice League. Which is developed by Rocksteady, who are the guys who made. So, like, it's weird because the Ubisoft Montreal studio, or the Warner Montreal studio, sorry, not Ubisoft, was the they developed Arkham Origins. So, when the original Arkham games came out, it was Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, and they were both developed by Rocksteady. And then the last game that came out for PS3 slash Xbox 360 was Arkham Origins, which was developed by this. Ubisoft Montreal. No, God damn it. Warner Montreal. Warner, yeah, Warner Brothers Montreal. Warner Brothers Montreal. Yeah. And the game was fine. I enjoyed it. I have it here somewhere. But it never gets ported around like the other two did. And then obviously Rocksteady finished their trilogy with Arkham Knight. And then we've been supposed to get these fucking games for like a decade now. Like Arkham Knight came out at the beginning of the PS4 generation in 2014 ish or something like that. So mm. it's been for goddamn ever. But at least the Rocksteady game looks cool. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so like Mark said, it's uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and it, the trailer for it is all like cinematic. It's no gameplay, but it shows yeah. uh, Harley Quinn, a like fucking beefed up version of Deadshot that has a jetpack. Yeah, Captain Boomerang and King Shark, which look to be the playable characters, trying to take down like a 
under the influence of some external power superman Brain, i think it's brainiac is from what i've seen from other stuff afterwards so they, could be yeah yeah so i mean that sounds like a fucking blast if it's based on the Arkham Knight stuff, then it should be. We'll see. I don't like again. There's no gameplay. I can't tell what any of these fucking games are. They're just showing us like cinematic stuff. So yeah, which is annoying because it's like yeah, a game is coming out that has characters I like in it, but is it even a genre that I give a shit about? You need to tell me these things at yeah the outset. But uh, I mean, it's got Batman stuff in it. I'm probably gonna look at it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Last thing I had coming out of DC Fandom was that the Milestone characters are coming back. Uh, so Milestone was a sort of subline of DC that, uh, well, I guess they had their own imprint for a couple of years. Yeah. That was headed up by, I believe, Dwayne McDuffie, his editor who passed away a couple of years ago and was focused on like black and POC heroes, basically. And they're bringing those characters back again. They've done this before, but they're bringing back a at least a couple of books a static shock book and then see other an icon yeah static shock comes back in 2021 and then there's other stuff coming out as well so yeah i mean i I like those characters it'll just be interesting to see if they like make this kind of a separate thing or whether they bring it back as part of the dc universe or what what else did i have a bunch of stuff got canceled Uh, i think we're starting to see kind of the COVID effects or a bunch of like tv stuff got canceled i think we're starting to see this the the effects of COVID and like the downturn of the uh, film industry and and that sort of thing now so penny dreadful the like spinoff city of angels got canceled after its first season i didn't watch that i didn't watch the original penny dreadful either though I did, but I wasn't going to watch this because that it was awful. So, <laughs> no. And, like, if you're not going to give me Eva Green... Like, I like Natalie Dormer, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. And the other one that, uh, that I've been meaning to watch and I've heard really good things about is Altered Carbon got canceled after its uh, second season on Netflix. Man, I there, there was a joke going around this week. Like, if you get a show at Netflix, plan for two seasons... Yeah, and you're like seems to be the, the case. Yeah, like they're, they're, don't get your hopes up for for three years. Make sure you wrap your shit up in two years because it looks like yeah. two years is Netflix's magic fucking number when it comes to unless you're Daredevil, gonna, in which case you you you, you get that squeak, one extra. You yeah, can squeak out a season three. Yeah, but like, look how good a show you have to be to fucking <laughs> eke out a third season. And like, I don't know, Stranger Things is gonna blast into season six probably in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, that's like the only one. Yeah. Um, well, I guess. In terms of genre stuff, like they've had other stuff that's run longer, like Orange is the New Black was like six yeah. or seven seasons or something. But. And I'm sure House of Cards would have kept going if everybody didn't discover how big a scumbag fucking Kevin Spacey, I mean, yeah. more of a scumbag than we already knew he was, but like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He just so. keeps doubling down, too. He's, oh, yeah. He's, he's just like super 100% and... on the piece of shit fucking bandwagon, God, that boy. Yeah. So, uh, <sighs> anyway. Let's see. There were. A couple of pieces of X Files news this week. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> and they're both real weird, and and one's real bad. Yeah. Mark and I cringed over this together last week. The X Files did like this reunion thing for charity, where they like a bunch of the cast members and like fucking like real random like you know guest stars and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Came on and sang lyrics to the X Files <sighs> theme song. And, and, and Jillian Anderson had the fucking sense not to go anywhere near this thing. Yeah. Well, she still has a career. So, I mean. It is a goddamn train wreck. Like, fucking 
celebrities need to just realize that they don't need to be making content consistently right well this now. is one of those i think i said it in the chat i'm like somebody needs to find these fucking actors work so that like <laughs> it's written by somebody because like i appreciate that they all crave attention like we we did a podcast with christy like i don't know about actors and stuff <laughs> we've got to tell you secrets about like attention stuff right <laughs> but like holy shit yeah these people need attention real bad and it's better if they seek it under written supervision because yeah. Otherwise, this kind of shit happens. Like people who can't sing decide they're going to sing on YouTube and shit, and it's just like. <sighs> <laughs> but on top of that, we're apparently getting an a- X Files animated series called X Files Albuquerque. Basically, they're 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 doing a Star Trek Lower Decks, but with X Files. Yeah, and uh, what the funny part was when you said that one of them was real bad. This is what I thought you were talking about in terms <laughs> of the real bad thing. Because, like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I have no no interest. Like, you know, if it's not fucking X-Files with, like, with Mulder and Scully, then fuck it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I mean, they killed a lot of their goodwill with those reboot seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, that last season was, oh, man, that put me to sleep twice. I, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say. But, like, yeah, it was pretty rough. It's just, I think we're at the point now where, like, People are people know the name X Files, so it has to be in use somewhere, right? Like it's just yeah. one of those like, if it, you have a license that people liked at some point, you're gonna see it get plumbed for some low effort fucking dollars in the yeah. next couple of years. It's gonna be some low 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 quality like Battlestar Galactica animated series is gonna get announced in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, like, shit, shit we really like is gonna start getting dragged back out of and like put somewhere cheap that they can animate. I think is what's gonna be happening for the next foreseeable future Jesus so Christ. good luck yeah the x-files one was rough yeah that's not good a couple more we're starting to get rumors of like other shows and stuff that are going to be or movies that are going to be happening eventually the haunted mansion movie is like resurrected uh oh, potentially God. with uh writer carrot katie dippold to write a new script she was a writer on mad tv and parks and rec and then she was one of the writers on the female Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters answer the call. Oh, good. <laughs> so it looks like they're going for like a spooky, like funny kind of vibe, which I mean is the vibe of the ride. But I still want to see Guillermo del Toro's version of this movie. Fuck yes. How are we going to jam Johnny Depp into this movie? Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we're not. Hopefully wait, we're not going to put Haunted Eddie Murphy Mansion? into it either. I was going to say, is this going to be like, a, this is this is clearly going to be a Tim Burton thing. This is why Tim Burton <laughs> did Dumbo, right? That was his like tryout to do Haunted Mansion. Maybe. I mean, like this, that's him cashing in. Finally, he's like, I'm getting me some like real fucking yeah. Disney dollars. I never went and did the Disney horror thing. Now I'm going to go do it. Like he's doing it his own way. Full circle for Tim Burton. I'd watch a fucking Tim Burton Haunted Mansion movie. I mean, I I mean, I would too, but I feel like it would be too twee. I mean, that it's a it's a Tim Burton movie past (laughs) nineteen ninety six. Like, you're definitely gonna get way too twee at that point. (laughs) And last but not least, this is something's probably only really of interest to me. But I know I've talked on the podcast before about the soft spot I have for the movie and book uh, sphere by michael Crichton. apparently it might be becoming a tv series on hbo by um, jonathan nolan and his team that are doing westworld right now okay cool 
but like that's a story like that is i think they did deep the movie and they they did but that story if have, have you ever read the book yeah uh, there that movie d- doesn't do the book justice no but like it's, not it's that it is the fucking interpretation Jurassic park movie either you know what i mean yeah. like the book's much better than the movie but like you either shut way your whore mouth hey, i like the movie <laughs> but like the book's pretty good so there you yeah. go but yeah i i think that that concept has enough that they could pull out of it to make in a potentially interesting series but i don't know we'll see i would have said the same thing about westworld too i guess i still like westworld mm-hmm. <laughs> that was everything i have did i miss anything no i wrote down the animated x-files thing and put the little gun to head emoji next to it and like that was the only news i could put <laughs> so yeah that All was right. my feelings on the x-files thing there you go yeah in that case we can move on to our geek of the week paul i miss you lonely stings is it sad doing those by yourself it now? is a little bit yeah i, I was I'm, I'm curious to see how long he lasts i'll keep doing him I'll keep oh. doing sad, lonely stings. So this is the segment where we discuss the geekiest thing we've done in the last week or so. And because Alicia was very quiet through the news, we're going to go to her first. Alicia, what is your geek of the week? I reinstalled Lord of the Rings online and have been playing that for the first time in about a year. Minus one time that Tim and I played together when we were both in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't run real, real well on Mac. No, they got rid of their Mac client, so I'm having to emulate Windows and run it on there. So I think what I'm going to do, I play on a laptop, and I think I'm going to put it onto my desktop so I can stream again. Because I do occasionally stream on Twitch. Yeah. That's right, you're a Twitch kid. I always forget about that. You have your little Twitch account that we used to watch you guys watch Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yeah, uh, sometimes I stream when Tim and I are uh, playing Lord of the Rings online together. Because, I mean... It's not worth watching because most of it is just me being like, hurry the fuck up. We need to go kill things. And Tim's like crafting. <laughs> like emptying my bags and like selling shit and shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm OCD in video games. Yeah. How do you manage like playing an MMO with your, we'll say condition. I don't know what the fuck we're going to call it. <laughs> uh, just I, I take my time. Oh, okay. Fun. <laughs> I can understand Alicia's frustration now. I do remember. I always have to remind myself pedestrian Spider-Man, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like every time we start talking about video games and Tim, I'm always like, yeah, he's the guy who wants to play Spider-Man as like a pedestrian. So I don't want to miss but, anything. But like all this stuff's happening on the ground. Spider-Man inherently a character that swings like the fun of being <laughs> Spider-Man is swinging. All right. I, I got to put you in front of Arkham Knight because I want to see you drive the speed limit in the Batmobile so you don't miss any criminals. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I'm excited. Excited. Yeah. So. I take them all down. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, what's your geek of the week? Uh, well, I mean, we talked about Control's new expansion coming out last week. And like, yeah, I dove right into that and have cleared it out. And all my little trophies are popped. Except for one on Xbox. I'm really annoyed. I had a glitch and I didn't get my stupid achievement. <sighs> it's disappointing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you're an Alan Wake fan, it does pay off a bunch of stuff from that game. Although I haven't played Alan Wake since it came out on Xbox 360 10 years ago. So I was a little like fuzzy on it. They put it out on Game Pass, but I was like, I don't want to spend eight hours playing through that 2006 not really action game because it's kind of like a walking simulator thing that doesn't (laughs) control super well. And I'm like, I don't 
subject yourself to that again no like control is such a fucking slick action game and it plays like just like butter like going back to that to get story for that by comparison yeah by comparison would just be like wading through fucking mud and i'm like i don't want to do this right now so yeah but like i uh i also put a new nvme drive in my rig finally completing it until nvidia (laughs) announces their fucking video card lineup next week hopefully and uh, so I got to run control on here now with like all the fancy DLSS and ray tracing stuff that's on NVIDIA's current card offerings. And man, it looks fucking pretty. So if you've never played control, I'm going to geek cred this ahead of time. Just recommend that you go grab the ultimate edition on your PC with a really good video card and play it that way. Cause it looks fucking awesome. So there you go. All right. My geek of the week was uh, last weekend. I did watch a lot of the DC fandom stuff live. <laughs> it was a, it was a weird, it was, Parts of it were cool. Parts of it were weird. For starters, like there was supposed to be, like sort of multiple streams going at any given time. Like there was going to be like one for kids and one that was like streaming shows and stuff like that. Yeah, because they did like an animated movie showcase like Tuesday or some shit after Fandom, right? And I was like, why the fuck did that happen? They like divided it up at like the last minute, as far as I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. They did announce they're doing Long Halloween as an animated movie, eh? Oh, I didn't see that part. Okay. Yeah, because the new Superman Man of Tomorrow came out like last week, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I've got it somewhere. They did announce that like the next one's going to be, well, the next big one's going to be Long Halloween, which I'm like, Mm. that's cool. We'll see how that, I mean, they fucked Hush up so badly that like I'm not really holding my breath on it, but I'll watch it just to be disappointed again. Yeah, is that like the, the visual style of Long Halloween like defines that story so heavily is like, how do they translate that into into animated? Yeah, especially when like they don't spend the money to get like a team that's gonna you know build that animation, yeah, properly, right? Like you're gonna that's a whole another way of designing your characters and like how you would do movement and stuff with that Tim Sale, yeah, art because it's so weird. Like it's and yeah, yeah. but like yeah. I don't know how you animate that and make it look good and like <laughs> do it on like what the budget's probably gonna be for these. Like they put some effort into these things, but like. Yeah. Sometimes the results, I'm always like, yeah. It's going to be a tough one to translate. We'll see. But yeah, but like they, DC like sort of ended up splitting this or Warner Brothers, whoever's running it, probably Warner Brothers, ended up like postponing a bunch of the stuff until like mid September or something like that. So like a bunch of the streams that were supposed to happen on this day and are like put off until then. So like the majority of this event ended up being like just like the big, they're like, tv and movie stuff like most yeah i was gonna ask how you felt about that because like they didn't really talk about any comic shit at all really it was all really like yeah yeah but but like they're like they we were talking i'm not sure if we were recorded this or not but we were talking about like i read three jokers that launched this week and i don't remember seeing anything about that when i watched the fandom stream yeah so like it was very much title and like nobody's talking about it on your giant stream where there's like they had a couple like 20 million people watch that stream or something like that yeah over the course of the weekend and like you don't mention your flagship book coming out like yeah i mean fuck a duck guys you're still <laughs> dc comics right I don't yeah. know, either way you're still you still published floppy fucking comics Ugh. but yeah so a lot of it was like yeah. wonder woman night 84 and the justice yeah. league snyder cut and the batman stuff that we talked about um it was it was a mixed bag there was some of it that was really cool like all the all that stuff about the batman was like cool to watch and see and yeah uh, like i was like everything was cool i'm like all these movies are movies i want to see these games are games i'd be interested in playing like it's all great but it's like you're also a comic book company do yeah. some comic book shit 
instead like, of like there was I don't know if you saw this there was like this really fucking cringy panel they did with the Wonder Woman 84 cast where it was oh. like one of those like detective party games like wow. you're the you're the villain and you're the like detective and you're the superhero and you're civilians and this you is why you skip deduce. through certain things like oh, I fuck. can't I can't sit through all this cringy shit all the time which we'll get to when we talk about the meat of the episode, but like, <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah, there was some stuff on that stream that I was like, all right, this is intense. Yeah. Sorry, I totally derailed your Geek of the Week by asking yeah. you about like weird, we don't talk about comics, even though we're a fucking <laughs> comics company. I don't know. Yeah, and like hopefully the when they do the second part of this event, there will be more of that. Because like that's what I, I like and wish that we saw more of is even though they're not always the best spoken is like interviews with like comic book creators and artists and shit like that. And you yeah. know, get, getting to see them talk about the shit that they're excited about. I'm hoping some of these younger kids they got coming up and like stuff like that are better at the social media, like talking in front of a camera stuff. Like, yeah, people like Blake, who's writing Catwoman now that we know, like she's made her living as a Patreon person, like talking into a camera. So I'm hoping like as a younger generation takes over the comic industry more quickly than not, hopefully in the next couple of years, like you'll see them, them be able to be interviewed again. Because, like, that is part of the thing that's lacking is, like, we used to get the interviews in Wizard, and they did the editing so that they didn't sound like, you know, total putzes talking on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we need to get some of being a comic artist might be having to do some media training now, unfortunately. So, yeah. maybe not the but, artists, maybe uh, just to make the fucking writers do that. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the ones that are supposed to be the wordsmiths anyway. Yeah, right? man, exactly. Yeah. Leave me alone. I just want to, I just want to draw. Yeah, I did finish reading Blake's like first arc of Catwoman, and uh, a couple couple days ago, I think it was only like two or three issue arc or something like that. But it was pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. I, it I was, was all right. I was yeah. along for it. I was going to reread it now that the last issue came out because I I kind of blazed through it uh, yeah. like an issue at a time as they were coming out. I wasn't like the art was kind of dodgy on me. So yeah. it was nice to have like a a new artist takeover and or a new like creative team takeover, and just to have like a two or three issue like starting story rather than like oh we're gonna start with this like 12 issue like year-long epic or some shit like yeah. that well new, new talent usually probably means like everybody's on tryouts i bet you it's yeah. blake's tryout and the artist tryout so like three issues and well and she's um she's just she's doing scripts based on i think like a overall somebody story, else's plot yeah uh, by sean murphy who did those white knight yeah batman white knight uh books like elseworld books that got a lot of yeah, I never read those. I never read those, but I heard they were okay. So I haven't yet, but someday. All right. Well, with that, we can move on to our meat of the episode. Most triumphant middle-aged meat. I think they're a little bit past middle-aged now, boys. <laughs> they're like 40s. I think they're both. I don't know. Come on, man. We're in our almost in our 40s. That's Jesus. true. Like they're, yeah, they're, they got to be like 50 plus, I guess. Yeah, they got to be in their 50s now. So, yeah. and I'm pretty sure Keanu Reeves is in his 50s. Yeah. I'm just going to say right off the top, though, like no beard, not a good look for him anymore. Like, he needs to. <laughs> he definitely, it, it aged him up a lot to not. Yeah, have I was beard. surprised. As soon as he yeah. showed up, I was like, oh, fuck, he's okay. <laughs> the beard was so... hiding that. Fair enough. <laughs> so, for the first time in ages, we have something fucking new to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bill and Ted Face the Music, the third movie in the Bill and Ted franchise, uh, was released yesterday on, well, not on VOD in Canada, as far as I could tell. I fucking tried to pay for this movie. Yeah, but, me too. But Apple didn't want my money. So yeah, there you go. But, but in Canada, they were releasing it in theaters, even though like hardly any theaters are open and like no theaters are showing it. So yeah. 
I'll pay for yeah. this movie eventually. But so we we downloaded it and, and watched it like on the big screen with like all the speakers and everything going. So like as close to a theater experience as we were going to get. Yeah. In their defense, they did put a 4K version out that I got to watch through various means. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like uh, in the U.S., at least, a lot of the streaming copies, the the VOD copies, were were 4K copies. So, I mean, it looked good. So, I was happy with it. Like, yeah, there there's go. there's some some scenes that definitely did oh, not need to be in 4K, but we'll get. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that. We'll talk uh, about but that. this movie does bring back Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter as Wild Stallions, the band that are supposed to write the song that saves reality. Bridget Lundy Payne comes in as Billy, playing as Ted's daughter, and Samara Weaving as Thea, Bill's daughter. Kristen Shaw playing Kelly, who's Rufus's daughter, and Bill Sadler coming back as the Grim Reaper, and a, a slew of other some fucking big name cameos and shit like that as well. So, Mark and I have already sort of—I mean, we've talked about the the Bill and Ted movies. We did a whole episode on them last summer uh, when it was like their thirtieth anniversary. Was it their was wait was it really their thirtieth anniversary when we did yeah. that episode? Wow. First movie eighty nine. I am so old, like yeah. just <laughs> decrepit and dust. At this <laughs> but because we've not talked to Alicia about these movies before, Alicia, what is your history with the Bill and Ted movies? I have absolutely no nostalgia for them at all. I <laughs> this is going to be awesome! I'm so excited <laughs> for this. I didn't watch them for the first time until oh. Sometime in the past 10 years, I was too young for them when they came out. Yeah, so that's where I am. Uh, I don't remember a lot of them. I've only watched them once, the first two, and now the third one. So I I don't really... Wait, so like, I understand that like Tim probably doesn't inflict a lot of his bullshit on you for, I mean, the sake of the marriage and stuff like that. (laughs) But like, he fucking loves these ridiculous movies. Like... Yeah, kind of to a scary degree. Like him <laughs> posting about it on Facebook this week, I was like, I don't want to do this episode. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> like I'm uncomfortable just seeing him post See, stuff that Tim has fetishized this. Yeah, movie. <laughs> like Tim's really like invested in this to like a Star Warsy degree, which mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable with. So listen, I have been looking forward to this movie <laughs> for years, and especially given all the fucking bullshit that has gone on this year, like. This has been the one thing that I've been like, oh my god, this is still coming out. I'm still going to get to watch it. Like, I have something to fucking look forward to. Yeah, I had that with Star Trek Picard, and look how that happened. Like, look what happened there. <laughs> I think I came out on top between those two. You fucking, yeah, I'm a little... <laughs> so if I'm salty tonight, it's basically just that. It's like, Tim waited for Bill and Ted, and it was watchable and like kind of entertaining. And I got Star Trek Picard. And I still haven't killed myself because of it. So <laughs> I'm considering that a win. <laughs> so Alicia, given that you have like virtually no nostalgia for this movie, uh, what were your sort of overall thoughts on Bill and Ted Save the Music? It, it was fine. <laughs> this is the kind of insightful. Okay. <laughs> Do you want like more thoughts than that? <laughs> yes. If you, if yes, <laughs> like what, yeah, you're. General, like, what you liked, what you didn't, like, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, in-depth. We'll get more in-depth. I feel really bad for Bill. He did not age well at all. Alex uh, Winter, yeah. 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 It, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like either of their daughters. I didn't think they were acted very well. Mm. Now, granted, Bill and Ted as characters, at least in the original movies, were also not acted very well. <laughs> so I can kind of understand that. 
but it was incredibly grating to me. Uh, I yeah, I, I was like watching homages to the original performances, which was uh, like. Yeah. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Yeah, sometimes I was watching them just being like, they're doing impressions of the originals. And then other times I was like, oh, I'm having a little bit more fun with them. But like, for the most part, it was like, it felt kind of hollow. But if you go back and watch the original performances, like... (laughs) They're also pretty fucking 1D. Yeah, they're pretty (laughs) one fucking D, too. So like, it all kind of feels like it's a whole... Either way. Yeah. Mark, how about you? Your your general impressions on Bill and Ted Face Music? It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, don't get to um, I don't think i got quite as emotionally invested in it as tim did uh i was like did you I, cry uh the only time i got even remotely sentimental is when they showed me george carlin who is yeah. my spirit animal and i love him and i miss him still but yeah that was about the only thing, time when i got like super weepy about anything was george carlin which just probably says something about me personally but <laughs> We don't need to go into that yet. We can talk about it later. Yeah, no, I had a good time with the movie overall. Like, I I wasn't expecting a lot. Like, I didn't have as much invested in it as Tim, obviously. <laughs> so I was kind of like, if this entertains me and I don't feel like turning it off about halfway through, then I'll consider this a win. And it almost got there, but not it, it avoided that slightly. Fair. Yeah, like it got there's some cringe in the middle that I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, Tim. All right. I. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's no secret for me that this was the movie like that I was most looking forward to this year. In part because like we weren't getting like any Star Wars movies yeah. or like any big MC like major MCU movies or anything like that. Or any MCU anything period <laughs> any MCU ever, now, ever yeah. again. So I, I do have a huge nostalgia for these characters. I grew up on Bill and Ted. Uh, go back and listen to our Bill and Ted episode and you can find out just how obsessed I was with these movies. Oh, uh, yeah. Up. And I edited him to make him sound not crazy. So like, <laughs> yeah, I would like to throw out his sister is just as obsessed with these movies. Yeah, that's usually like the Facebook chat that i see is like tim posts something about bill and ted or tim's sister posts something to tim about bill and ted and the <laughs> 28 messages that yeah. yeah 28 messages later <laughs> yeah but it was it's like one of those things and i'm sure you have these with lees and paul mark like it's one of those things that we my sister and i bonded over yeah and well so, you've heard us i mean you've heard paul and i quote the transformers movie yeah or like castlevania or something yes, like that yeah, or, yeah stuff like that yeah, yeah the mario so. games especially paul and i or like zelda zelda was our like jam i am growing up talking about zelda and video games and shit so yeah Either way. So, and, and so like for me my sister and, and my dad as well like we all mm. like this is one of those movies that like is just a lens family thing my mom doesn't like it quite as much uh but my <laughs> but my my dad and my sister both love it too well like we were talking about it before like with, i was talking about with my dad he's like that feels like a movie we would watch on like saturday afternoon to kill the afternoon i'm like yeah it's exactly yeah. the kind of movie it is if that's yeah. exactly the movie it is and he was like oh i need to do a whole episode about it and i was like we already did we're doing, this is a second episode about <laughs> the new movie yeah. he's like oh i skipped some episodes i'm like i know dad it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> 
But I mean, the movie was pretty much everything I wanted it to be. I also didn't have like super high expectations because it's a fucking Bill and Ted movie. Yeah, exactly. And, and this was a fucking Bill and Ted movie. Like yeah. it, it was goofy. It was funny. It was earnest. It was like nerdy. It had a pretty good mix of like new and old for me too. We definitely got like a bunch of good callbacks, but it also went off in like some new interesting territory and shit like that. Well, yeah. as well, it definitely like I had a, solid amount of like laugh out loud moments which doesn't happen that often for me in movies anymore so yeah i was happy with it i was satisfied mark do you want to give me the plot of this movie oh fuck me really <laughs> You're this to me? <laughs> fuck a duck all right well <laughs> this is gonna be a nightmare i'm stoned too just so we're all clear so like this is gonna take a second okay so like bill and ted suck and are like 50 now right that is that what we're kind of getting <laughs> from this ha- how does this yeah. start? I'm trying to remember how it actually starts. And I only watched it like the wedding one. Oh, shit. That was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. I'll give them the this one. So, like, <laughs> it starts. Yeah, it's <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> so it starts with Bill and Ted attending a wedding between this is Ted's brother, Deacon yeah. and Missy. Now, Deacon, who's the one that's le- that leads uh, Napoleon around yes, on his adventure <laughs> in, the in, in the first movie. Yeah, he's now marrying Missy, much to the chagrin of Bill's father. And Ted's father. Ted's father. Oh, Bill's father's father. dead or whatever. He's gone. He's yeah. not there. I'm assuming he's passed away. Yeah. Ted's dad. They, nobody approves of them still being the chosen ones or like still pretending that like this thing is going to happen where they become wild stallions and become super famous because they're now all older than like anybody who could ever get famous for music can as possible. <laughs> like it's not feasible anymore. So they go to like couples therapy or something with the two princess yeah. wives. Yeah. And like. Keanu Reeves, I don't know if he get is was that were those the original girls? No, no, they're different actresses than played uh, than played Joanna and Elizabeth in the original. Okay, Keanu years. Reeves has a type because his <laughs> type is my type, and it's always like every time he has a wife in a movie, it always looks like Winona Ryder or somebody who <laughs> dressed like Winona Ryder in the nineties, and that's who that girl looked like, and I was on board, so that's cool. I could have swore they were the same girls, but like I haven't watched those movies since we did that episode. So I guess <laughs> whatever. They look they look close enough that you could probably fair believe. enough. I, if I squinted, it was cool. Yeah. Everybody kind of believes their time story. I, I don't. This is what I don't get. Nobody. They don't believe. Some people don't believe that they went back in time. I think but some people do. The only but people they that hung out with death. Them. I think, yeah, but like that could have been a shtick, right? It could have been just been I, like some fucking like German like Krautrock dude that wanted to dress up like I the mean, fair Grim Reaper on stage. Like we live in a world with Slipknot, Mark. That's true, <laughs> I guess. But like, and ICP are things. He wasn't exactly shy about using his powers just to do whatever the fuck he wanted all the time. So I was <laughs> like, I don't know. Either way, yeah. So, but like the band broke up back in the day because. Death, the long Death drums. Was a dick. He was a diva. Yeah, that's a dick. Yeah, he's a diva, I guess. And the future didn't happen. They got married and had kids, and now they're living directly next door to each other, which was just <laughs> like it's almost too much. Like immediately, almost too much. But you're like, I guess this movie's that's just what this movie is. Yeah, yeah, like that's what this movie is. <laughs> so now they're having like couples therapy because they never achieved their success, and like it's really confusing actually. Now that I'm. <laughs> thinking about it you had to bring up the weird part of couples therapy which is both couples having the yes, therapy together sorry. yeah i was trying to figure out how to describe that exactly because like they go to couples therapy but like they actually like the guys are so codependent that like <laughs> they both couples go to the couples therapy 
And basically the therapist is like, you need to get a divorce, which <laughs> yes, you fair. do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely fair. And, but like so much time travel shenanigans happens during this scene, like Bill and Ted <laughs> fucking go and they get roped in by Rufus's daughter at this point, And they go to the future and get told they have like 75 minutes, which is the runtime of the movie left in the movie anyway, yeah. to like accomplish this feat. And so they go back and tell their wives that they were right because they go meet future fucking thems who are complete shitbags. And we meet like nine versions of them. And that's where the movie loses me a little bit because this happens a lot in the middle of the movie. So somebody in the future decides that they need to kill Bill and Ted. It's Rufus's Rufus's, wife. Yeah, Rufus's widow. Yeah, widow. Kelly's Kelly's mom. Kelly's mom. So she sends Dennis the robot back. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis Caleb Caleb. I loved him. He's still good. As soon as they, as soon as he started to talk, I was like, "I hate you, Tim." Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck Tim. God damn it! All of those laugh out loud moments Tim was talking about surround that fucking robot. Most of oh, them. Did, okay, yeah. that 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 tracks with Tim's sense of humor, though. Absolutely, <laughs> I wasn't stoned enough for it. I guess when I watched it, so I was just like, "I hate that actor." I knew who it was as soon as he started moving around. I was like, "Oh, I know who that is under there." God the guy damn that it! Played Zaz on uh, Gotham. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's just that guy. He's the, I knew who it was. I was like, yeah, I'm not down for this, but that's fine. He was there. Yeah, like I got two good laughs out of him, and they're both revolved around Kristen Shaw because she's hilarious. Yeah, she's solid. So that works out. Um, so yeah, she goes back to protect the guys from the death robot. I think. Yeah, I don't really know anymore. <laughs> she sends. You know, because she's already brought the guys back to the future and stuff like that, and they fucked off because they steal the goddamn original. Yeah. Yeah. phone booth right yeah. and go back in time and talk to the right this is this is why i didn't want to do this they go they go to their future confusing yeah <laughs> so they go to their future to find and the try, song and try and steal the song from this themselves. idea i just after the second time you're just like you know what we suck we didn't write the fucking song you know what i mean <laughs> don't keep going when you end up in prison with your future neo-nazi probably future selves that's when it's time to give up the whole fucking that's basically when it all kind of ends anyway but uh yeah, where where are we now in the plot? Because I'm lost again. Uh, you haven't mentioned the daughters yet. Yeah, the I daughters haven't mentioned the daughters yet. Time. So the daughters notice the guys dealing with the time travel lady with Kelly. Yeah, and they eventually, when Kelly shows back up at their house, they take her pod and go back in time to put them together a band, which is even more forced and awkward than the original <laughs> movies going back in time and finding the original thing. Because it's like, now we've got people doing impressions of people like, I know what they actually look like. It's not like super historical <laughs> figures. Yeah. It's like people doing bad Jimi Hendrix impressions. So I was like, all right, this is a little awkward again. But we're going to do this. I guess we're on board here. <laughs> and also, the African girl being the best drummer was fucking hilarious. Like, I'll give them that one. Yeah. That was cool. What happens then? It just turns into a kerfuffle, right? Like, time <laughs> starts falling apart. And they, they get killed. Yes, Bill. Yes, that's right. Everybody dies at one they point. Go Bill to Ted see like six different versions of themselves who come increasingly more dickish as time goes on to the point where they almost get them arrested in Dave Grohl's house, which was my favorite cameo of the movie. Yeah. Dave Grohl just showing up behind the door and then never showing up in the movie again. Yeah, but in future Bill and Ted trying to pass off a Dave Grohl song as their song. Which is- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, they all they go die. to hell. They all go to hell. They get out because they go and talk to death, right? 
Like yeah. death, death rejoins the band, and they all end up on the marker, which is on the USB drive. I'm assuming it's just a USB drive, or like some fancy version of a USB drive that has the song on it, which they had broken at one point. And I guess their kid, they, they realize that it's their daughters who wrote the songs, which like I realized five minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I, I knew that in the trailer. Although yeah. I actually liked how they ended up how they ended up addressing it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that was like like the and then like the last ten minutes or so are just them trying to figure out how they're going to put on this show and also distribute instruments to everybody. And the way that they bring harmony to the world via Wild Stallions is by multiversally jumping around infinite versions of themselves to give everybody in time instruments so they can all sing the song together. And that's how. They make utopia. It is like I wanted to drop acid <laughs> again because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty like yeah that was a big idea and I was like wow that's a lot but like I <laughs> guess that's it what works. I like about these stupid fucking movies right is there stupid fucking movies that have like <sighs> grand like albeit like unbelievable ideas behind them <laughs> yeah and then I guess oh and then uh, Kid Cootie apparently a station like that was the only thing i took from that whole <laughs> bit yeah kid cootie is apparently like a, a quantum physicist genius apparently yeah which was actually pretty funny so like i'll give them that one too <laughs> so like overall this movie makes very little sense and is very much an excuse for alex winters and keanu reeves to talk to themselves for like <laughs> 45 minutes of the movie probably a little bit more yep. than that but uh because that's basically if that's what i was like that's where I got annoyed was like halfway through where I realized I'm like, this is just going to be these fuckers talking to green screen version of themselves for an hour <laughs> while their daughters go and meet impersonators. Oh, yeah. this is a Bill and Ted movie. All right. Yeah. Here we are. I miss George Carlin. Jesus Christ. Do I miss George Carlin? Yeah, during the last like song, I looked over to Tim and was like, isn't this a Coke commercial? It is a Coke commercial, actually. <laughs> kind of sounded like it, yeah. Yeah. And if it's not, Coke fucked up and should have just made this a commercial. And they, <laughs> I mean, everybody steals everything, so they may as well just do it. But I'm sure they've done it before, and now we'll do it again. <laughs> and maybe Keanu Reeves gets a check this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's definitely not doing okay right now. He's definitely the one between the two of them yeah. that needs financial help. Yeah, John Wick four and five are not happening. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't have a giant action franchise that is based solely on his existence. So that's completely fine, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, what what worked for you guys in the movie then? Either of you? Did Alicia disagree? <laughs> not all at once. Like, I'm, not, I'm not talking. <laughs> what work? That's so fucking open ended. I mean, I went into it wanting to be entertained, and I was entertained. So in that way, it worked. <laughs> yeah, I was there. So like right at the beginning, like the opening, like that whole bit with like Missy and Deacon, and that that alleviated so much of my concern. Like I was, yeah. like, I, you know, I was going in being like, okay, I don't know what this is gonna be, but as soon as they hit that tone, I was like, all right, Missy marrying Deacon is like yeah. just spot it's on. Just- this is so, this is just fucking weird enough that I can buy this from like this movie. Like that's, yeah. Cause that whole thing, that, that riff like underlies so much of the theme of the original duology of these movies. Like the, like the weird fixation on Missy and she's gone through yeah. all the men and like, it's just, and now, weird. and now she's, she's, uh, her ex-husband's like stepmother. And oh, like when Ted explains it, I was just like, 
<laughs> that was good. I wish, yeah, like that was like that was like my first laugh out loud moment. Yeah, that one actually got me because like Keanu's just hundred percent on board for it too. He's like, yeah. yeah, this is the weirdest incest shit I've ever discussed in a movie. So let's do this. <laughs> and he's having a fucking blast, right? So I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm on board. Like that would that made me feel like I'm like, okay, this is at least gonna be a Bill and Ted movie. And I did like that the number what was the other thing I really liked. Oh, the number to infinity starts with sixty nine, which they didn't actually yeah. acknowledge at all. But I was like, <laughs> nice. that's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Nice, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Like, nice. <laughs> nice. I would have liked there was little things that I missed that I thought they should have done more of. Like the, the little guitar thing they didn't do enough. I wanted yeah, more of yeah, that. Air, air guitar. They only did yeah. it like once or twice or something. Yeah, I only did it a couple times, which was yeah. like in the original movie, it's like basically punctuation <laughs> in scenes. So they use it constantly. Yeah. And then what else that I like about it? I liked like you kind of get the greatest hits of the movie of like the other two movies too. Like they do the time travel and you go to the future and they you go see hell. hell and you like you do death again and like all that kind of stuff. And William Sadler, like that was he's just so fucking funny as that character. I know. So he's death, so good as death. He's really great. Yeah, that was one of the things that like, yeah, that made me like have faith that this movie was going to be pretty good was like when I heard that they were getting William Bill Sadler back yeah. to play death. I was like, all right, that's that's that puts me at ease. Yeah, Kristen Shaw also kind of like has to drag the plot forward. Mostly yeah. is her role in the movie. And she does it as well as Kristen Shaw does everything, which is, you know, she's always pretty funny. And being constantly on the phone with her future mom, being like, oh, mom, did that work? Yeah. Did, yeah. Ki- did Killing Bill and Ted fix the fucking, fix boomer fucking reality? Like, yeah. We're flying, like, pretty hard throughout that, like, her bit and stuff like that. And then her, like, what did they, they named the fucking robot after her ex or yeah. something oh, yeah. like that was the joke <laughs> at the end. Yeah. And, like, she has no fucking time for it and stuff, and she's just giving the robot shit. And I was like, I'm I'm on board, because fuck that robot. <laughs> fucking, like, I love that dumb, insecure <laughs> robot. Dennis uh, Caleb McCoy. Like, as uh, soon as he started being like, oh, oh no, I fucked up. Like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Bill and Ted's, like, reaction to him, where he's just like, dude, hurry up. Like, they have no time for his, like... Yeah. <laughs> for you second know, like, guessing and, like... Yeah. Oh. They're like, we just gotta do this guy like robot dude like guess they yeah. just call him robot dude they never learn his name which is great they, yeah they don't learn his name till till they're in hell and then like they uh they say like come on robot dude and he's like i have a name it's dennis mccoy dennis yes. caleb mccoy and they're like okay come on dennis caleb mccoy yeah <laughs> so like i mean that worked as a comedy beat there i'm trying to think what else was like good one of the things that I love about these movies is how smartly they play with the time loops and the paradoxes and play off that shit for humor. So yeah. like the whole like time paradox where like the 2022 Bill and Ted tell their past selves not to go back to couples therapy and visit their wives because they're going to make things worse. And then they go and do exactly that by yeah. telling their wives what fucking pieces of shit their future <laughs> selves are. Yeah. <laughs> they're like we're gonna be totally terrible like <laughs> and then there's the whole loop of the, like their wives as senior citizens like stealing yeah. the fucking thing and then you watch that in the background happen like abed style where like every once in a while you see the wives and it's like the two older versions of the wives are carting them around in the booth that they steal from the last bill and ted at the end and then <laughs> yeah. the movie's holy shit <laughs> yeah and then like it just just so much of it was relying on like bill and ted like the future bill and ted's constantly sabotaging and like trying to manipulate their past selves like we already talked about like dave grohl or like the them being in dave grohl's mansion as the like british fucking like you know yeah. slash wannabes and shit yeah the bucket thing 
made me laugh out yeah. loud. <laughs> that 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 was one of my favorite gags for sure. They're because like the thing is they're fucking idiots, but they're just <laughs> smart enough to figure out like the stupid shit like this. They're like, yeah. we need to do something that we can't remember. So they fucking put buckets on their heads so they can't remember how they get out of the house in the future. It's stoner comedy, and neither of them are supposed to be stoned because they make reference <laughs> like neither of them use drugs or alcohol. And I was like, <laughs> wait, they're just that dumb without? Oh my god! But yeah. like, yeah. The bucket made me laugh because, like, you watch them both. I mean, it's obviously stunt people, like, fall out of the <laughs> fucking window and shit. But I was just like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, yeah. they both get right up and they're both fine, even though they're like 52 year old men. Like, if I fell out of a window <laughs> like that, I'd be fucking crippled for life probably now. So, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Let's see. So, that, that whole, like, back and forth. So, the two things that, like, put me at ease were, like, the opening scene with the, the wedding. And, like, uh, t- I think. Alex Winter actually learned throat singing, so that was actually him like doing the throat singing. In I the, mean, in that song. we've talked about how badly he needed the paycheck, right? <laughs> so, like, yeah. If, if they were like, we're writing a script where you have to throat sing, he was like, well, fuck me. I guess I better go learn how to throat sing then, right? Because <laughs> yeah, it's not like John Wick boy who's just gonna have a stunt double show up and do stuff or whatever. Yeah. So between that and I, I like there that we immediately get this impression that like their daughters are their greatest fans kind of thing they're like we believe in you dads and shit like that and you know they're but they and they have their own music appreciation like they're you know they're like aficionados more than they are like musicians kind of thing yeah and that ends up obviously coming into play later but like between that scene the the wedding scene and then the couples counseling thing right after that like both of those just like felt like brought me back to like feeling like i was at home with these characters again yeah like it was clear that both reeves and winter had pretty much just like fallen right back into those roles like bill being like the slightly dumber of the two but he's like the eternal optimist and ted's like a little bit more grounded and pessimistic and so it was a little uh heartstring tuggy when ted was like i'm gonna sell my guitar (laughs) yeah but i mean like anybody that's like you know Mark and I have probably had those feels, right? Like, fuck, like, I'm never going to make it big as a musician or whatever. Like, you know, that's... That's my fucking... Yeah, that, that's my hell eternally now. So there's always that. Good. So, yeah. Let's bring that up. That's a good feel. <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it is harshing and, and, and probably emotionally manipulative. But, like, yes. that's... Like, they yes. know their yes. audience, right? Like, their audience is, yeah. like, guys a middle, like A bunch us. of mid- middle-aged washout people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, yeah, absolutely. I'm in there. I'm They're right bringing there their you, kids but. to this movie to be like, hey, look, I love this movie when I was a kid. And the kids were like, the fuck is this? Or we don't have kids, which is, you know. Let's see. And, and yeah, I, 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 I mean, Mark, it sounded like you weren't crazy about, like, them, you know, c- continually confronting their, their future selves. But, like, I... I love that shit. Like, I love that shit in the original movies. Like, like when they do them very briefly, I was on board. Like, the first time when they, like, meet them at the fucking, like, open mic or whatever. Like, I was like, okay, this is funny. When we get to, like, the fourth one, where I'm like, there has to be another joke we can do in here. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like there's... Was there not something we could do other than just go and see, like, themselves over and over again? Like, I don't know. (laughs) And I guess it's like, you kind of needed... You probably needed Rufus. Like, you kind of needed the Rufus character probably there to actually like pay that off like that loop off at the end and sadly george carlin's no longer with us and they weren't going to recast fucking george carlin because like how so ringo like they did on shining time station (laughs) actually i would have accepted that oddly (laughs) i'd have been like that's just meta enough that like sure i guess alternate dimension 
Rufus is Ringo. And like we yeah. do it that way. And like fine. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> I don't I, that was that was kind of my one like it's just cause it felt like they were on a treadmill for the whole movie, just doing the same like just doing shtick. I can while, see that. But like that's those characters, right? They're yeah. like they get stuck in this idea, they're like, you know, they're they're fucking slackers always looking for the shortcut right and that's yeah. what they do here they're they're like you know in the first movie like they for, fucking forget to rewind their watch and shit and yeah and they're like oh we don't fuck we can't fucking write this song so let's just steal it from ourselves yeah which like i think like fine but i think i would have i think what i'm probably missing is that i wanted the two storylines to intersect more before the last 20 minutes of the movie where yeah. it doesn't feel like like you hear how much the daughters idolize them and stuff and, like, they seem to be okay parents, but it would have been nice if they'd been together the whole time to kind of show, like, oh, their actual success in life is that they're really good fucking parents. Really, as yeah. opposed, yeah, you know what I mean? Dad. Whereas, like, because, like, that would be the loop to pay off from the original movie, which is, like, he didn't fucking get along with his dad, or neither of them got along with their parents, basically, right? That's true. Yeah, and, right? I mean, they, they definitely did, you know, you could tell that they brought them up with, like, a crazy appreciation of music and shit yeah which is, which is good and which is what like fucking saves the world ultimately but yeah, yeah you're right we don't get a lot like especially in that second act of them really interacting too much with their dads until they reunite in hell yeah which like i think is a little bit to the detriment of the movie overall like i think it would have worked better especially like the ending of this where it's like yeah it actually ends up being that like it's the whole family Everybody is kind of the band yeah and everybody needs yeah. to work together if we had been together maybe more during the actual like main part of the movie i don't know like you'd have to do the timelines intersecting more i guess and they run into each other but like they're bill and ted are going forward and the girls are going back and it's just like or like one of them like the one of them gets in trouble or one of the pairs gets in trouble and the other has to go like help them out or something yeah something like that kind of what happens because the the daughters go to hell and bill and ted end up having to kill themselves with i guess i just would have liked Dennis. the main part of the adventure where they're looping through like the boy like their future versions of themselves to be intersected with the girl's story more and i think it would have felt a little bit more cohesive that way because right now it just feels like two stories and it's like do i care about these girls who are doing bill and ted impersonations or do i care about bill and ted who are just like really old and like <laughs> basically talking to themselves over and over again right like there's a lot of stuff in there that's fun but like you could have done a little bit more with it i think so I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I think that's fair. I think having them intersect at the the last time that Bill and Ted meet each other when they're old would have been the best time to do that. Yeah, even have like their older versions of the of the girls show up yeah. and like talk to them or something like that about like how awesome they were as dads or something, and they realize like, oh shit, we should have worked with them all along. Bah. Director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> or just you know we can do Bill and Ted three all over again I guess <laughs> do Snyder cut of Bill and Ted three yeah sure four hours, sure. Four hour, yeah. oh. hour cut I'd watch it I um, I know see you're the only one though you know what I mean like <laughs> me and my sister the only at, one at eighty eighty six minutes like this was exactly the length I needed it to be yeah. it didn't like if it, I if I started this up and it was two hours I would have been like I'm oh my god why <laughs> especially considering the last couple of two hour movies we watched were real hard sits yeah and like I, re- I remember like a big chunk of the reason why bill and ted's bogus journey like the, its runtime is like all 93 minutes or whatever it is is because they show like half of an episode of star trek in the middle of the fucking movie <laughs> so, like, that's, that's you watch, bo- uh, bogus journey yeah yeah that's what i said bogus yeah. journey but like yeah, yeah you watch half of fucking arena in that, <laughs> in that movie which is great because i love that episode but like 
Yeah, you exactly. But they 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 build a lot of that movie on that fucking episode. Like it's on in the background constantly. I'm like, keep showing me what Captain Kirk's doing. But that's yeah. Either way. So I want to shout out the effects because like this was. It, it wasn't like a fucking Marvel movie or like a Star Wars movie or anything. It was a big fucking upgrade in effects from what we got in those first two movies by far. Yeah. Like, definitely the CGI especially. Like, the shit they did in the future, the shit with, like, the circuits of time and everything. All yeah. real good. Almost looked too slick for me. I almost wanted it to look shitty like it did back then. You know what I mean? Like, just fake the old way of doing it or something like that. But I guess, oh, yeah. yeah. But, like, the future looked really good. Like, yeah, the effects looked completely serviceable for what this movie is so yeah. i was like i'm fine like everything worked all right i mean cgi is pretty easy to do now so like let's do this thing there was definitely some effects that didn't hold up like there was some practical shit i feel like there were some areas where they were like maybe we didn't need to spend as much on this cgi and could have like hired a couple more like set design guys and shit like that like yeah like the rock work in hell that looked like it was straight from a fucking like Six Star Trek episode. Star Trek yeah. episode that was like yep. clearly just like you know carved paper foam mache. And shit. Yeah. yeah, paper mache and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> with a completely so. flat floor, like they obviously just like filmed it yeah. in a fucking warehouse. Yeah. Like on a set. Yeah, on the set, basically. It's like just throw some fucking dirt on it. Nobody will notice. It's like wow. But like for a twenty-five million dollar comedy, no, like that's. Like, I mean, that like look what they good. did again. Like look what they did with Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Like that movie feels yeah. like epic when you think about it. It doesn't really hold up when you watch it again, but like when you think about it, like you see Helen, it's cool and very metal and stuff. That was kind of the, maybe my only other real huge gripe for this movie is the lack of metal. Like they didn't use the music as much as the old yeah. movies did. Like yeah. the old movies are very steeped in that scene and stuff. And like that scene is dead and doesn't exist. But like the fact that they're still kind of weirdly adherent to it and those guys still tour, you'd think they would fucking have like warrant and shit show up as like. I don't know, working at Circle K. Also, the only Circle K, I saw one Circle K and was in the background. I was disappointed because nobody said anything about strange things being afoot. And I was sad. Yeah, there there was there were definitely a lot of call-outs, but they didn't call out like everything from the old mm-hmm. movies. In terms of the effects as well, the other thing that I was pretty impressed with was there was a, a solid amount of good makeup work in this thing too. Like most of the older Bill and Ted's, like the, the fucking like muscly, like, prison fucking white supremacist bill and ted's were a little much the american history x bill and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest though like they looked pretty seamless like i mean there's obviously yeah, like yeah. a lot of extra bulk on them but like they looked good i was the like pe- wow yeah, looks- prosthetics looked good it was over yeah. the top but like it was yeah. meant to be so like it worked like most of the makeup effects work like when they got to like the really old really old is always difficult like that's just one of those things that unless you're the guy who did the fucking makeup on the exorcist and you just nail it somehow like yeah. by happenstance Otherwise, it's just like it always looks fake. So like, yeah, they, they did a better job here than they usually do. But like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting miracles. And also, like, you didn't have to do much to Alex Winter. <laughs> well, really, like the really old Bill, like actually looked a lot like, like his grandma, like yep. his grandma. But like yep. that, he played his grandma. He played that, his in grandma, original, yeah, ex- like exactly. in the Ted Bogus Journey too. So yeah, so so they they did an interesting job of making yeah grandpa bill look a lot like grandma ice preston esquire yeah and like i would have just made his keanu look more like the guy who played his dad as he got older and just like gone that way and like as opposed to kind of ad-libbing it the way they did because he looked really starts to look weird yeah like to, like i don't recognize keanu reeves anymore weird yeah. <laughs> in that age makeup so yeah. yeah 
I agree with you. They could have used music more throughout the movie, Mark, but like the where they did use it, I was happy with the soundtrack at all. Like I'm going to grab the soundtrack from this movie because it had some, like I like the Weezer track they put on it, but like some of the like new style hair metal tracks and stuff like that were solid too. Yeah, I, I'll have to take a look at it. I think there was a playlist on Spotify that popped this week, so I'll have to yeah. go take a look and see what there. I was uh, less enthused by the Weezer song, I think, than you were. But <laughs> yeah, it's better than a lot of latter day Weezer songs, but that's not so a lot. <laughs> it kind of sounded like latter day Weezer, which was part of my problem with it. So, <laughs> one of my concerns going in was that it was going to like Bill and Ted were going to end up taking a back seat to the daughters and that they were going to end up being like the main characters through the bulk of the movie. So I was glad that that wasn't the case. Like they still had definitely a role to play and everything, but I thought I agree. Like they could have maybe had them interact more, but overall I was happy with like the balance of Bill and Ted that I got to Billy and Thea. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I was a little leery of like, we're going to do like, you know, pass the torch kind of thing. And the girls are going to go yeah. off on their adventure and that kind of thing. And they did that. Yeah. Also but in the B plot, but it's the B plot. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was fine. I actually wouldn't like if they did a movie and it was like straight to Netflix, where it was those two girls with Kristen Shaw doing Bill and Ted, whatever again, kind of thing. I'd watch it probably. I wouldn't yeah. pay for it, but I'd watch it on <laughs> Netflix or something. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And then we already talked about, like, I think the third act fucking tied everything together real well for me, like where all the storylines kind of come together, where the girls bring the the band to the future and the fucking like time streams like collapsing and everybody gets brought back from hell and everything. And like, it it was definitely obvious from the start that the girls were going to have a big part, if not the main part in writing the song like they projected the shit out of that and yeah whatever it's fine you know this isn't a fucking mystery <laughs> like it's no. not like it's fucking knives out or some shit yeah uh, but like i thought ultimately that was handled well like like you said mark everybody had their part to play you yeah. know the girls were kind of arranging it and it wasn't it was also wasn't the sort of thing where it felt just like real force like oh we just magically know the song that's gonna like fucking save the universe or whatever it was like billy and dia had to be like okay you play something like this and then like you do this and we're going to, you know, get it all together working. Like they obviously have very musical minds, but like aren't musicians formally trained. Yeah. Like they don't play instruments. Yeah. So they're kind of like real time arranging and like sampling and sequencing like these crazy historical music, music artists kind of thing. And then I love that Bill and Ted come in at the end and like, you know, their guitar is kind of what brings it all together. Like that was, I liked that. That all worked really well for me. I kept feeling like I was preparing myself for a pretty trite ending, but it didn't feel that way for me. I would have liked a little bit more like Coda where like they actually kind of go back and like see the characters interacting in the future a little bit more where like everything's okay and stuff as opposed to just like, it's a very Bill and Ted ending though, right? Like this is kind of how Bogus Journey ends where it's like, everything's great. Yeah. Fuck off. We're done. <laughs> Bye. Like, yeah, it's over. So, like, they, they give you the big win and you get it all kind of in text. Like, yeah. you know, so and so ended up becoming president or whatever, like, with, <laughs> like, under the freeze frame kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, that's fine. That's the way they do these. But I would have probably liked to see a little bit, like, two minutes of them just, dude, we did it kind of thing. You yeah. know, like having that interaction with like the family unit, I guess, at that point, because that's the weirdest polyamorous fucking situation they've got going on <laughs> in history now. Like, yeah, I don't know. And like the daughters are the daughters together together. Like, uh, I don't know. They never never really say. I think they're yeah. just supposed to be buds. 
all right, cool. So they're gonna. So are they gonna marry like princes now that they go back in time? <laughs> Maybe. And then like live in a fucking cul-de-sac together. It's like that was a lot. But yeah. <laughs> nice houses um, though, like beautiful lawns, impeccable lawns. Yeah. Both of them. But yeah. It was weird like having Bill and like and I guess that's part of it, right? Is like they're out in the suburbs, like have yeah. kind of lost touch with like, you know, their roots and everything. And that's part of why they're having trouble. You know, they're trying to force their creativity or whatever, right? And yeah. Yeah. And and like Billy and Thea end up being like kind of their inspiration in the end. So and I also like that it low key like legitimizes a newer style of music through Billy and Thea. Like, you know, they're, they're doing like basically producing and arranging and shit like that, which like a lot of guys our age or like Bill and Ted's age would probably look at and be like, that's not fucking making music. But like, there's definitely some artistry to that. You know, look at, look at like some of the major uh, like hip hop producers and shit like that. Like there's, there's definitely work that goes into that and creativity that goes into that. Have you ever read the the making of the downward spiral? Alan Cross wrote a book about the making of a down, the downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And my respect for guys who do production work, like after reading Trent Reznor's descent into fucking madness as he put like sampled and assembled that album with Flood, is yeah, yeah, those guys are crazy. So yeah, mad props to that kind of shit. I've always liked yeah. I mean, Trent's always been that guy. So. Yeah, especially in like today's world where it's so much of that is democratized. Like you can get yeah. those little uh, like sequencing boards and shit like that that they were playing on. You yeah, know, for like a hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no spending months and months of salary just to get like ten minutes of studio time with like a Moog synthesizer that you cut the tape for and shit like yeah. that anymore, right? Like you can do it via Mac, so yeah. it is much easier to handle that kind of stuff than it would have been even when we were kids. Like how expensive are instruments, right? And like how expensive is recording equipment? And whereas like yeah. now you can just do like your laptop is probably as powerful as you need to do basic yeah. music programming. Now. And like it does, like I can record my drums into my laptop and then build sequencing around it very yeah. easily, which I like blows my like, 15 year old me's mind would fucking break if it <laughs> knew I could do that. You know what I mean? So yeah, you're going to have to fucking like rent a mixing board and like a multi multi track recorder and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now you can just like, I'm like, Oh man, it's part of my fucking creative cloud account that has that software <laughs> that I could just do this shit now. So yeah. yeah, let's see anything else that kind of worked for you in the movie that you want to talk about? Or I know Mark's already moved a little bit to gripes. I have a couple. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything that we missed from the thing. Like we talked about Missy and Deacon. That was weird. And I appreciate that they went there. Like yeah. it was yeah. a bull move and it, it kind of paid off choice. for me. Yeah, it was a bull choice. But uh, I mean, that worked for me. What else was there in there? Could have used less of the robot, more Kristen <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> I love the robot. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> I thought it was a, it was a bold choice for them to tell the majority of the movie pretty much in real time. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like the way they do those. Five minutes. Yeah, it, there's definitely a ticking clock on them, but it's not like yeah. like you know, it's not like a fucking episode of Twenty Four. Yeah, which <laughs> this yeah, one this kind of was. This one kind of is. So yeah. that's that's fair. But yeah, like they, they've always had that element to the movie, so like that that wasn't surprising or anything like because they always talk about San Dimas time, especially in the first one. Like they got to get there yeah. before the show or whatever, right? Like before their presentation. <laughs> And I like how they kind of like expanded on that in this. And of course, it's like a massive fucking conceit, but that like San yeah. Dimas is like the center of the entire of all of reality. Kind all of reality, thing. like space time, <laughs> like centers on San Dimas, California. Yeah. And Bill and Ted in particular. It's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I really enjoyed uh, most of the couple's therapy scenes. I, I think that ultimately it was they were detrimental to the movie because they made the movie 
so much more about Bill and Ted and their wives' relationship and not so much about Bill and Ted and their daughter's relationship. Yeah. yeah. But I really liked them and thought they were fucking hilarious. Yeah, Jillian Bell, um, who played the, the therapist, was pretty good as well. Yeah, um, that she her scene afterwards when she sees like the cult, like the Union soldier or whatever the fuck that I guy think it's was Washington George Washington oh George Washington sorry <laughs> and she runs there like nope yeah she's like nope and just walks away I was like all right that's good that pays that that whole beat is now paid off for me thank you yeah so <laughs> where they're her. like because like she's she's listening to them talk about like their weird time travel shit and then she's like they're princesses who from like the 1400s and stuff so she's like wait, wait what? this is a this is a fucking like paper writing gold mine i've just stumbled into <laughs> right write a book about this i'm shit. writing a fucking book this is gonna be a, i'm gonna get rich like you can see the dollar signs or at least i saw the dollar signs i'm like yeah. you can write books about these fucking psychos like let's do this but i'd like to see you two three five times a week yeah <laughs> couples therapy was excellent yeah i agree with yeah. alicia on that one I would have liked an extra beat at the end of the movie where we go back to her and how she's dealing with the fact that time like collapsed. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, just her like huddled in her fucking basement crying, basically. Because <laughs> yeah, there could have been like I I agree. There's probably some room for like some fun little uh, mid credit scenes kind of thing in this. Yeah, we got like that big like post credit scene with like old Bill and Ted shredding, and that was fun too. Yep, I I agree. I think that there's maybe some comedic beats that you could have paid off like with a little coda or with a couple like mid credit scenes. It's almost like the script needed one more pass. Yeah. That being said, like I was pretty happy with the way that it was written. Like you could tell, you know, it was obviously the same dudes that they got. It was Chris Madison yeah. and Ed Solomon who originated these characters and they got the same director back, Dean Parasot to direct it as well. Like you could very much tell that like everybody that was making this movie had their hearts in it kind of thing. Yep. So. Yeah, it felt like a Bill and Ted movie, which is about as high a compliment as I can pay exactly. this movie. That's so. all I wanted, and that's what yeah. I got. All right, gripes. Yeah, there was some rough acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting a masterclass in character study, but like Samara Weaving's accent definitely came through a couple of times. Um, that found a little jarring. And yeah, the she looks doing... like her dad a lot also. And it's uh, is it dad or uncle think uncle uncle i don't know there's a family resemblance in the eyes that is like constantly obvious so yeah <laughs> that's cool she was i think i didn't hate her i thought they were yeah. i thought the two girls were like fine doing their little impression of bill and ted basically yeah. so like yeah exactly i they were passable like they could have given them more personality i guess but like if they did have more personality how would they interact with their cartoon fathers exactly it would make no sense anymore right so like everybody kind of has to remain a cartoon for yeah. any of this to work right like as soon as you make these characters i guess that's probably probably why this script is the way it is because you make these characters any more dimensional than they already are everything fucking falls apart because yeah. it becomes like you can't have any of this be realistic anymore or like what's well, the same at all you know it's almost the same as and kevin smith had this conceit that like you don't get jay and silent bob without bill and ted first no absolutely like, yeah that's the same thing like bill and ted have to be interacting with characters that are like that are somewhat of a caricature themselves or else yeah. it just doesn't fucking work yeah and so similar thing here so yeah it's it's that's a tough balance to strike and i don't yeah. think it gets it perfectly right but i think it comes close they, they do as good a job as like any of the other movies do i, I feel like yeah for some reason i always kind of f feel like bogus journey stands out as like 
everything is so ridiculously like absurd. an animated yeah it's so absurd and like so ridiculously a cartoon that it just holds together the best but like this one's fine in the same way kind of thing so yeah, yeah and the dudes doing the Jimi hendrix and the louis armstrong impressions were yeah. like fine but yeah. like let's like the dudes in the first movie doing the historical characters again like it, those are ones that we don't have like video of right yeah so it's, but but like th- they were also like probably just fine <laughs> yeah yeah they were so. all fine like it was all interesting i guess <laughs> it, it, it was on the verge of cringy for me and yeah. well that and that's the part where like uh, the cringe for me was coming in was like that sequence where like they're they're in- introducing all these basically cartoon versions of historical <laughs> figures and then bill and ted are doing like we're just going to keep going into even cartoony, more cartoonishly evil versions of ourselves into the future. And like, they're obviously having fun acting and doing all this stuff, but it's like, I got to sit here and watch this also. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Like, like you said, the second act definitely had some issues and I, uh, and I think that's part of it for sure. Yeah. What else? This there, I had a couple like sound issues. Like there was some janky, there's some real janky ADR. Uh, like there was some stuff where they clearly like overdubbed it, but like the didn't fucking match up with the lip movements at all. I'm getting so used to that kind of stuff lately. Yeah. Like with like everything's ADR within an inch of its life. It's almost like half the time the lips are never tracking to what's actually being said on camera anymore. So I'm just like, whatever, man, I just assume it's out of sync or whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> great. And part of that is like, we were watching, we were watching this in 1080 on like a fucking like 65 inch TV or some shit. Oh, like, Jesus. Yeah. That we were so, like, like four feet away from. <laughs> <laughs> so like we were watching it like on pretty close to, I was going to say, how's that screen door effect working up for you guys at that point? Cause that's <laughs> yeah. fine. It looked fine, but like, yeah, you could definitely tell there were some points where they'd like re-recorded lines and shit like that, and they didn't even bother to like do like a you know like a behind shot or something like that. Yeah. They were like, "This is clearly the character we want you to think is saying this line, but he's definitely not actually saying this line." Yeah, in the, in the shot, it doesn't become less obvious in ultra high def. Just so we're yeah. all on the same page, <laughs> with because like it came with a nice soundtrack, like it had a, a yeah. Atmos soundtrack and stuff, so like it sounded good. It's just. Yeah. yeah, they obviously. I mean, like twenty-five million dollar movie. I'm like completely yeah, fine yeah. with this. And like, there's if you go back and watch the originals, I bet you there's a ton of looped horse shit. Oh, and yeah. like, most of that is such garbage anyway. When you go back, the Red Letter Media just did a review of the two original movies, which is them just kind of shitting on them. But it was hilarious because they do call out certain things, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like this is stuff we thought was fine, but like there's clearly scenes where it's like Bill and Ted on a set plate. And then stock photography of Union soldiers or whatever yeah. moving off in the yeah. distance, and they're supposedly in the same scene, but it's like no, no, yeah. it's like, different, that's not... like different film grain film and everything. Grain. Yeah, like everything's completely <laughs> different. And shit. So like this doesn't work. Like whatever. It's part of the charm of these fucking goofy movies. Also, yeah. you know what I mean? Like like they're all like put together on the fucking like you know fucking wing a prayer kind of thing yeah basically it's like when you get to the at the last like the the third austin powers movie and it's so slick and produced it's not fun anymore we're like the fun of those first two like especially the first austin powers movie and the fun of like a a movie like the first bill and ted is it like at any point you could kind of feel the wheels coming off of the production as a whole (laughs) while you're watching the movie and you're not sure if it's gonna fucking hold through and like bill and ted by virtue of like performance and charm kind of yeah. holds together yeah. and they've done it three fucking times now. So <laughs> at the end of the day, I can gripe all I want about like dumb, cringy bullshit, but 
I had a good time with it, and it's a Bill and Ted movie that, like, I mean, it made Tim cry. So obviously, <laughs> it did something right. I got teary during like the you know song that saved reality and everything, and like just how well sort of it was written, how well they brought everything together, and I mean that's you know the end of like a thirty plus year movie journey for me, right? Like it's I'm not gonna say it's like. I don't know. I probably got more emotional at like the, at like rise of Skywalker kind of thing, because that was like 40 years of fucking movies, you know, kind of coming, coming to, I got real emotional at the end of that movie too. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but like, I I have a similar level of nostalgia for this that I do for like star Wars movies and shit like that, you know? So it was like your ghostbusters. Yeah, I think. Sure. Hopefully your Ghostbusters 3 will hold up as well as Bill and Ted 3. I'm not, like, I've already had Picard happen in my life. (laughs) So, like, I can't suffer any worse than I've already suffered. I've seen five Michael Bay Transformers movies. (laughs) Five. And you live to tell the tale. And I'm still here, man. So, there you go. All right. Anybody have anything else to say before we sort of give this thing a score and call it a night? Nope, I'm good. All right. Uh, well, then let's go around and give Bill and Ted Face the Music a score out of 10 and your final thoughts. Uh, Alicia? Uh, I'll give it an 8. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mark? I mean, I'll give it an 8.5 because I had a good time with it. It had some things that made me cringe. I teared up also at one point, but it was from the cringiness of certain scenes, <laughs> not from an emotional response I was having to it. I was alleviated by the end though. I was like, this was fine. I feel good about existence for these 30 seconds until I open my Reddit client back up and realize that like, that's a movie. I still have to live in this, but either way, <laughs> it took me away from that for 80 minutes. So I was fine. It was a good movie. 8.5. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Eight and a half out of 10. It's not quite, it, it's not as good as the first movie is for me. It's not as good as Bill Ted's excellent adventure, but I think it's just as good. If not, better than bogus journey i'd have to watch them like side by side i have a real fondness for bogus journey but like again i really like arena you know what i mean like i could watch that episode of star trek just like on repeat (laughs) so yeah and you kind of do in that movie so like there's that we already talked about like bill and ted versus like sort of jay and silent bob as as kind of counterpoints but like that's the the most recent example i can think of of anything like this like a you know reboot or whatever and like this holds together way better than jay and silent bob reboot did oh why did you have to remind me of that too (laughs) (laughs) so like (laughs) you know if (laughs) for a, a nostalgia piece this works way fucking better than that does so yeah yeah. yeah, Bill and Ted Face the Music gets 8.5 out of 10 for me. All right, cool. Well, then let's go to our final segment, which is Geek Cred, which where each of us just recommends something for you to check out. So, Alicia, what is your Geek Cred for this week? Uh, sure. So, I do nothing right now other than watch YouTube. And I, Same. <laughs> I know, right? I have really been enjoying uh, Point Crow on YouTube. He also streams on Twitch. He is mostly known for doing just fucking ridiculous Breath of the Wild speed runs where he does like my favorite one thus far has been smash percent, which is how fast you can get a fairy to pull you into the fountain. But what he started doing recently is he's branched out of Breath of the Wild and has started playing other Zelda games. And his first Zelda game was Phantom Hourglass. That was his first one ever. So now he's gone back and played 
part of Ocarina of Time but hasn't finished it and Wind Waker and Majora's Mask and watching someone play these games for the first time is kind of magical. Yeah, I would uh, I wish I like could play those games again for the first time. It's been many years since I played most of them. So that's kind of fun. I know I have a I have a horror movie podcast is very similar where like the guy hates horror movies and has never watched them and now they make him watch them and it's just like <laughs> and he hates it hates it. it's called the horror version they're very successful i'm sure other people have heard of it it's like they're spotify exclusive and stuff so like good for them fuckers started after <laughs> us you know they had a gimmick though you know they had a gimmick so like good for them but either way that's awesome i have to check some of that shit out i was watching i have this fondness for australians and i found this australian playing terrible like mid generation, like ultimate mortal Kombat three arcade games where they're just like the AI so repulsively hard that you basically have to cheat to win. And it's just this like Australian guy swearing at mortal Kombat for like hours. And it's yeah, just, I'm just down with that. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. So that's a uh, Mr. G star three, two, one is like the most generic YouTube name of all time, but he's got two, like I'm playing ultimate mortal Kombat trilogy or something like that. And it's just him swearing at the difficulty. So this is so <laughs> fucking cheap. Fuck, fuck, fuck any fuck. So, I mean, I guess I could recommend that. What I was going to recommend is a comic though, because I was reading comics this week. Tim is shocked. Also they're DC <laughs> comics. So mm-hmm. I went and picked up that the series of the adventures continue. I want to make sure I say it right. Cause it's yeah. impossible to search otherwise because <laughs> it's a terrible fucking title for a series. But well, it's Batman the Adventures Continue. Right? Batman the Adventures Continue, which is yeah. a continuation of Batman the Animated Series written by Paul Dini and like drawn by Cy Templeton, who's drawing it right now. Well, the comic the comic version was called uh, The Batman Adventures, right? So that's why it's yes. The Adventures Continue. Yeah. I understand why it's called that. It's just <laughs> that it's fucking hard to Google or Comixology search it when you're looking for it. Because yeah. do you know how many Batman pieces of media contain the word adventure or continue <laughs> in the fucking title along with batman yeah fair enough so yeah, i wasn't super th- thrilled by that but like when i started to read it i was quite happy with it because it does feel very much like a continuation of the animated series and like they've already touched on like they've done jason todd and they've touched on Azrael and they touched on deathstroke and stuff and i'm like it feels like it should just be animated and put on tv as opposed to doing it in comic form. So I feel like that's pretty high praise for one of these tie-in comics. If it actually feels like I would want to watch it as a show. So I'm recommending it because there's like 11 issues of it and they're all, they're pretty short because they're little digital comic things. Like it's not, I don't think this is getting run as like a regular book right now. I think it's solely digital or digital. only. No, I've got the first three or so they, I think it was digital first. Cause I've got like the first three or so three or four issues. I'd be really curious to see how, because like the digital versions are cut in the square, basically. Like they look like Instagram oh, yeah? posts. So, hmm. like, I'm curious to see how these look as comic pages. Because, like, I like Ty Templeton's animated style art a lot. So, like, this is really good. Covers are really good on these, too. Um, they've yeah. had a couple different people doing them. But, uh, yeah, I would go if you're looking for some, like, just nice, inoffensive, no three Jokers Batman story <laughs> right now. Even though I did read that and I was like, I have questions and like, I want to read more like the, the adventures continues got like 11 issues and they're coming up on their 12th and they're starting to pay off the red hood story. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good time to get on board and read that. So nice. that's what I'm recommending. Cool. So my geek craft for this week is just go watch Chadwick Boseman in the MCU. Yeah. I was going to say, we should all just go watch black Panther also. Yeah. So go watch black Panther and civil war and Endgame and infinity war. Cause like he did great work there and he's going to be definitely 
missed in those movies and just in general. So <sighs> Wakanda forever. Yeah, fuck twenty twenty and fuck cancer yeah. also. So indeed, fuck this stupid fucking year. Way to end it on a downer. Wow. <laughs> dance robot dance. Sometimes that shit happens. <laughs> yeah. So with that, we can finish up this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to talk to us about Bill and Ted face the music or about any of the things that we talked about tonight, uh, you can do so on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at DRD underscore podcast. And if you are not already subscribed, you can do so on Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most places that podcasts can be collected from. Uh, so with that, say good night, Alicia. Good night. Say good night, Mark. Follow me on Instagram. I forgot to say it. MT underscore Willette. And also by Prince BlackRainGallery.com. Yeah, good night also. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Yeah. This is Tim saying, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. I still, like, we did talk about Infinity. Like, the number for Infinity started with 69, right? Like, 69? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 69, dudes. That's. (laughs) I wanted that. That joke didn't pay off properly for me. I needed more 69 (laughs) dude jokes. You needed more more fucking uh, juvenile shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's part of the appeal of those original two movies is that they are fucking stupid juvenile movies. So, like, I don't. They didn't need to, like, lean 100% into it, but I could have used just a little bit more. A little bit more. At least they didn't use any homophobic slurs in this one. No, oh, I mean, like I wasn't expecting them to, but like <laughs> would have been real fucking jarring. Yeah, that would have been super fucking awkward. Actually, it's like all of a sudden you're like, hey. yeah, especially yeah, considering no. uh, Bridget Lundy Payne is non-binary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, problematic. Yeah. But uh, either way, yeah, cool. All right. <laughs>